Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Karen Becker, and today Sue Allen has been nominated for an Animal Game Changer Award, and we have Sue joining us via Zoom, and I'm so excited to learn more about the amazing work that she's doing. So Sue, welcome, and congratulations on your nomination. Thank you, Dr. Becker. It's really nice to be here. So it's great to have you. And for people that aren't familiar with what you do and what you're passionate about, maybe you could back up and kind of walk us through how you ended up doing what you're doing now. No problem. So I'm one of the co-founders of A People Sharpay Rescue, and the P is P-E-I, not P-A-Y. And we are a breed-specific Sharpay Rescue in the Western U.S. And I uh, found myself at a certain age without children and decided it was time to get a dog. And this is Bella. She was my first Sharpay. She was not a rescue. I didn't really know anything about rescue. And uh, a year after I got her, I decided that she needed a playmate. And I had contacted a rescue about fostering. Uh, A little to my surprise, they told me they were a little too busy to take on volunteers. So they directed me to another gal named Jody Moore. And the two of us threw it together and founded new people. Jody had been doing sort of rescue just out of her own pocket and her, her garage. And uh, I added some corporate skills to her. And that was 13 years ago. Wow. So we've uh, since expanded to eight states in the Western U.S. We really wow. have to go in the states that we fully support with volunteers, with vets, with recommendations for trainers, and uh, it's literally evolved state by state, year by year, and just grown into a very large organization with a a pretty big infrastructure. That's amazing, And, and so walk me through how, how you've set up this network is it are you do you work with foster homes we do so initially it was just jody and i and uh we were nice enough to have i was in los angeles i had a corporate job i traveled two percent of the time internationally and on the weekends i would come home and i would sit at adoption events usually another breed would let us have a chair or two at their event and Initially, we actually used morning. We took dogs into our homes. We literally had to be first to five dogs, but, and did meaning rescued and adopted. And we have since grown to a hundred percent foster uh, organization, meaning we use private homes who open up their homes. Most of them have dogs. A lot of them don't have dogs. Um, and we take care of all the medical. Uh, most people take care of food. We'll cover food if that's the issue. And at this point, we just have grown. And the way that grew is we would get an adopter that would move from one state uh, 
it started in California. And uh, I actually have home in Las Vegas, so we also operated there. Nice. And then literally I had somebody, you know, move up to Portland. We had somebody move out to Arizona. Actually, we had an Arizona person volunteer. And Arizona is now one of our biggest states. Jody is still in California. I have since retired from my job and moved to Tucson, Arizona. And between California and Arizona, those are our largest states. We do a lot of rescues in Mexico, Colorado, uh, Nevada, Washington, Oregon, uh, a little bit in Idaho, a little bit in Utah. We're trying to build those states. And there isn't another sharp tail rescue in any of those states in London. It was a very a large one in California. And they've since Wow. Many, many years being good Amazing. And would you say, Sue, that people that are interested um, in, sh when, when they come to you open to maybe or wanting to to pursue adopting a Sharpay, is it people that have just fallen in love with the breed? I have found that people that get Sharpays get them over and over, like that's their breed. And they, and so Oftentimes they maybe purchase one to start and then they realize, you know, if I can rescue, I will. And then they end up wanting, you know, to do their part in terms of providing a forever home to a Sharpay that's already in existence and not maybe going the breeder route. How many of your, how, how many of your people adopting would you guesstimate are repeat Sharpay lovers versus people saying, I think that that's a pretty cool breed and I want to, I want to maybe learn more about it. So a great number of our adopters are repeat adopters, repeat Sharpay owners, and surprisingly, a lot of Sharpay owners are not kid owners, or their kids are well, well past living in the house. And I think that's because the breed is a very good companion breed, incredibly smart, uh, very stubborn, not unlike small children. Been through small children, you, you'll get them. Um, I would say we really encourage people who have never had a Sharpay before to do their research. They can be a little bit on the tricky side. And in some cases, I liken it to cars, not the dogs are like cars, but if you have a penchant for very expensive, let's say, British vehicles that you know are going to break down or have some breed specific issues, and you love the car anyway, you're going to buy it. So Sharpay do have yeah. health issues. There are a lot of things you can do to be proactive in providing sort of proactive care for dogs, but they are known for hip dysplasia. They're known for some breed specific diseases. Um, they're known for atrophian, which is an eyelid condition. Um, and ear infections are rampant. So we really try to educate the people that haven't had Sharpay before. And I think if we haven't scared them away by the time they're done doing their research, then we work <laughs> with them. And that's one of the reasons that we like adopting in the states where we do have volunteers. Once you adopt a dog from us, you can pretty much have us for life. You can call us, we'll take our dog back for life if something happens in the future. But we are hoping that you know, if you end up with a skin problem, you can anticipate or aren't sure what food to feed, or you know, you've been to your vet and they're telling you something and you don't really understand it, you didn't bother to ask, you try to help explain it, or you know, we'll get on and do our best to translate a little bit. So, I would say the majority of our owners have had Sharpay, and the ones that come to us not knowing the breed, we really make a good research. Yeah, 
and that's wise just because they're they're a magnificent breed but they do they can come with a set of health conditions that if you're not aware of them it can be higher maintenance than what maybe you anticipated just as a side note sue because you've been you know you've been you've had sharpays for a long time and you've been doing this you know going on soon to be 15 years would you say generally speaking that you see the sharpays that in your rescue organization just across the board generally their health issues being stable or would you say that sharpays could be slightly sicker or i mean do you think the breed's getting healthier or do you think the breed is not getting healthier I think most everybody in the Sharpay world will agree that the breed is getting sicker. The breed came over primarily in the 70s, early 80s, and there were a limited number of dogs that came over from Hong Kong slash China, and those dogs were bred. And when they came to the U.S., there's a traditional, there's a couple different looks to Sharpay. Um, this one is a brush coat with a meaty mouth, but the original dogs had a much um, slimmer nose, uh, brawnier, uh, shorter coat, and the American public uh, really loved this dog and, and really liked the wrinkles. So a lot of breeders intentionally tried to breed the wrinkles. It was a limited stock. And we're a rescue that actually works with our national Sharpay organization, the Chinese Sharpay Club of America. We also work with a number of uh, local clubs, which are the actual you know, certified breeders to show. Um, a lot of rescues steer away from that, and we don't. Um, if somebody's yeah. dying for a well-bred puppy, we always get puppies to rescue. We'd rather have to go to a good breeder to get it than a Craigslist backyard. Yes. You know, do any health checking. And at the same time, you know, we occasionally have breeders that come to us to get dogs returned. And a lot of breeders are very good at breeding and adopting out puppies, but if there are behavioral issues, that may be a little out of the range. We help them replace dogs. In other words, put them into a second home. So I would say almost everybody in the Sharpay world would agree that the breed is getting sicker. Um, I think that that already happened when we started our rescue. I don't know over the last 15 years if that's the truth, but it definitely is true since they were brought over uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. Well, I think it's fantastic that you're working with, with your parent breed uh, organization. I think that that is wonderful. And there again, um, because excellent breeders, ethical breeders, transparent breeders that are really trying to improve the health of the breeds that they love, that is where you might begin to see healthier Sharpays come about, which is also a breath of fresh air. When you're in rescue, as you are, and you see so many factory farm dogs, you know, backyard breeders, when you see animals that were not well-bred, it is a breath of fresh air to see well-bred animals that have fewer health issues just because they feel better in their bodies. So that's awesome that you work with your, with the parent breed organization. That's, that's wonderful. I'm sure that there's lots of things that get you up in the morning for you to continue doing this, but what are some of the things, Sue, that you love the most about what you do? When I got into this, I loved coming home from work. Uh, I did a lot of operations and uh, background work uh, in a consumer products company and essentially all day long my phone would ring and you know there was some fire to put out and I would come home and I would open the door and those wagging tails I had uh most I had is three sharp at a time uh those wagging tails and those you know kisses and licks and 
there. Excited to see you. And that was a really great office for my day. And that's one of the reasons I think I started it. You know, but you get that just if you own them. I think the next uh, evolution came about to walk it. You know, when I was in, in Southern California, tons and tons of shelters. We work with, oh my Lord, I don't even know, 80 plus shelters uh, across the eight states, probably more than that. And walking into a shelter and seeing um, most shelters are actually. They're big, it's basic, but they're clean and they're neat and dogs are taken care of. But it's stark conditions compared to a home. It's concrete floors and it's chain link and it's stainless steel bowls. And to be able to take a dog out of that, who I've had them bucking like crazy, wanting to fight getting into the car. We encourage all of our volunteers to go to the shelter to use crates. And I've literally had to just kind of throw them in the back of the car and slam the door and pull in the garage figure out how to, to win their trust, and then to watch, typically our dogs aren't with us more than three or four months, um, to watch them go into a loving home that, that only sees this rehabilitated, uh, confident dog is so rewarding. And a lot of yeah. our fosters say, how did you ever give up the dog? And it's, you've done it once or twice, and you realize that maybe you have two or three dogs in your home and they're going to a family where they're their one and only, or they're going to be a companion for a dog that maybe had a lot, you know, lost their mate. And you really start to get their homes that are better than yours. And putting a dog that you saw in a shelter a few months ago, getting through their vet visit, getting their skin cleared up, maybe helping them see better, and then putting them into a family home is beyond rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, that's and that's that's a good reason to get up. So, how many dogs in the last thirteen years? How many Sharpays have you been able to 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 place? You know, it's really funny. We haven't added it in a while. I think the peak was about one hundred and fifty dogs a year. In the last two years, it's slowed down, especially with COVID. Wow. Uh, COVID was really interesting. Certainly, a lot of the shelters shut down, so unless the dogs literally running strains, so you couldn't turn in dogs, um, and they made appointments, and a lot of people weren't. Know, making Plus, a lot of people were home, so behavioral issues seemed to work their way out. You yeah. didn't have people turning them in for anxiety. Uh, people were out walking their dogs more because they were working from home. Um, so this year's numbers have dropped considerably. I actually have to be huge until the sure. of the year for so this sure. Just trying to do it. But my guess is last year we probably did about 110. This year, my guess is somewhere wow. between 100. Yeah. Wow. But still, so that's a lot. A lot of dogs finding beautiful forever homes. How totally rewarding. So so if people um, wanted to learn more, if they wanted to it, it, learn more about the organization, um, what you do, more about SharePace, where would they go? So we have a website at local state coordinator. So you'll be working for somebody who's local. Um, 
is that, but we always see foster homes. Um, I would say, especially California, we need foster homes. Colorado, we need foster homes. Um, if you're in Utah or Idaho, you're interested in getting more involved. Those are areas that we're trying to expand in. But um, without the foster homes, we can't rescue dogs. Kind of made a decision yeah. of taking them from the shelter and going to the animal and productive. Um, yep. So, hey, good for you. Is yeah. Really, the best place to get information. But if you are on Facebook, um, we do have a large page there as well, and uh, we post a lot of um, more fun items there, success stories. Yeah. Uh, dogs available for adoption. A little bit more information on Facebook than on our web page. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And so if, if there's one thing that you would want to share with the world that you'd want the world to know, what would it be? You know, I think that people get dogs and I think that generally most people understand that it's a lifelong commitment like the dog. Know the age that you're breeding or you're researching. Know the health issues that you're getting into. Talk to your vet. Find a vet before you get a dog. Ask about it. I did that when I got mine. And, you know, just like you go and you research a car, you buy a home, ask the study about the neighbor, what the neighborhood is like. Do as much research. Don't fall in love with puppies. Um, I think that's true a lot of things. You know, we get really attached to that sort of stuffed animal that used to sit on our bed. But unfortunately, we need bed visits and a few other things. So I think it's just understanding it, it's a big commitment. Very wise words and good words to share. Sue, congratulations on your nomination. What a fantastic passion project, pay passion project that you have set up and that you are passionately running uh, and expanding. It's it's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a, it's a village. There's a lot of people involved. We have an active volunteer group of over 100 people. We have eight state coordinators, board of directors of five. So it's not just me, but we couldn't get them all on this video together. So you got me this morning. Yeah. It's awesome. And I wish you the best of luck with your expansion, your growth. The, the more people that get involved in the more states, the more dogs you will save. So you're doing a fantastic job. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Becker, for shining light on this morning.